Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you're listening to this. Thank you so much for checking out The Woke and Bake. You are listening to another episode, and today I'm sitting down with very frequent collaborator at this point, Jake Thompson. We are doing our pre-election day rundown. Now, it's important to bring on a guy like Jake because Jake has run against some of the people who have become behind-the-scenes names in this campaign. So it's really important that we kind of bring him on for some historical context so that we can talk about what's going on with the Nikiski Assembly uh, campaign, with what's going on in Soldatna City Council, and how that affects us, to include Proposition 1, uh, which is currently a ballot initiative, which would establish a borough manager system rather than a borough, the strong borough mayor system that uh, we currently have in place. Now, with that being said, I am a gigantic fan of the strong mayor system that we currently have. And our, pri- our, our previous guest, Charlie Pierce, made a very good case for the strong mayor system. Of note, though, he is he is the mayor, so he's kind of biased. But as Jake Thompson makes a really good point in this episode, Charlie Pierce is probably the guy that you would hire locally if you wanted someone who was going to be a borough manager. So uh, with that being said, I want to take this time to give a solid shout out to the supporters of this show. Uh, the biggest of them include Iron Asylum Gym, located at 35165 KB Road. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. They have all kinds of stuff uh, to include the stuff that's coming in the expansion. Iron Asylum is growing. It's getting bigger. They're getting tons of new equipment quite literally it's like made of iron so it's tons of new equipment that is going to be on the floor uh in the location that is right next to them so iron asylum is doubling its size it's going to have double the space that they currently have and i'm very very excited about that that is more equipment for you more equipment for me and what is there uh, what is there not to get excited about there it's 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 growth it's expansion it's a beautiful thing all right 5150 vapes located in soldatna across the street from soldatna creek far uh, soldatna creek fart soldatna creek parks vapors my friends not like the gases and vapors but vapors people that vape nicotine juices are under attack uh, certain states have actually gone so far as to ban a choice that adults make. I don't know. I'm, I'm very opposed to to limiting the choices of grown-ups, especially when you're doing it and you're saying you're doing it for the kids because eventually those kids are going to be old enough to vote and they're going to realize the bullshit that all you did was limit their choices because someone was giving you money, you damn elected officials. That's why it's important that we do an election day special. <sighs> anyway, 5150 Vapes, they are your... Vape Super Center on the peninsula. If you are looking for a specific flavor of vape juice, they can get it for you. They can do all that good stuff. And if you are if you have issues with coils, you're trying to get some new coils, or you need some custom-made coils, they can do that for you there on the spot. Also, located on uh, the corner of K Beach and Poppy Road, the Schnitzel Bomber, another supporter of our show. A 5 out of 5 rating on Facebook. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, 11.30 to 8 p.m. For more information, please like them on Facebook and follow them on the gram. Cool side note, I like bringing this up. They have a sandwich named after me. You can go in there and you can order the Buffalo Bill and you can get a sandwich that was inspired by me. It warms my heart and it's spicy, so it'll warm up your insides. Win-win for everybody. All right, which really, I guess, what is how you define a win-win. It's everybody wins. 
But if it's everybody, then it's win, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if you can go on like that with et cetera. However, I just did. All right, our last supporter, Red Run Cannabis Company, located in Kenai, Alaska, the makers of fine whole flower cannabis oils, as well as the number one selling edible in the state of Alaska, Hashade. All right, you can stop into their location today on the Kenai Spur Highway. It's basically the Nike town of their products. We've got all of their oils. They've got all of their concentrates, their vape pens, their flowers. They've got Elation, which is a, uh, a romance jelly, an intimacy jelly brought to you by the folks over at Lady Grey. They've got edibles uh, from uh, Good Up in Fairbanks. They've got local stuff like, again, the Lady Grey cookies, which are delicious cookies if you are into like fair trade cocoa and all that good stuff in your cookies, then they make cookies for you. If you're a soccer mom and you want to feel good about uh, about that, that, that THC infused cookie while you drink your $7 coffee, Lady Grey Medibles are the fine, fine cannabis cookies for you. They have all kinds of really cool flavors and I'm pretty sure all of them are delicious. At least the ones that I've had are absolutely delicious, but they have all that stuff. If you are looking for some flour, they've got that flour. If you're looking for oils, they've got your oils. That is Red Run Cannabis Company located on the Kenai Spur Highway. All right, so without further ado, my guest today, a friend of the podcast and a man who, uh, who is bringing a podcast to you very, very soon. Ladies, gents, Others, it's Mr. Jake Thompson. Hello, hello, hello. Right. Oh, oh, I'm ruining your intro while I. You you know you're an artist when you have to like they set the microphone up and it's like hey, it's like a quarter of an inch off. But that's how you know you're a professional. Is you're like yeah. trying to make sure the level's right. I put zero effort into seeing if my microphone hits the sweet spot. Like, as you can see, your levels are at a way more respectable level than mine. All right, well, you're like the misfits of talk radio. <laughs> just been like, just set, set the boombox in the middle of the room and press record. Yeah. We'll use the mic that's on it. And just let Glenn do his thing. <laughs> yeah. This is, oh, we cut Glenn. an album. It cost us 60 bucks. Fuck yeah. So, well... I, there, there's a lot of a lot to be said about that. So yeah. there's um, there was a, a, I mean, I guess you call him a rapper singer guy by the name of uh, Lil Peep. He passed away due to uh, an overdose a couple of years ago. But he was recording entire albums with like GarageBand and like a sixty dollar USB mic, and he was generating millions and millions uh, of streams uh, for his music. He was supporting a, a touring lifestyle based off of a sixty dollar USB mic and and his laptop. I mean, like it, all you if you have a will and you have a desire and you're willing to put in the work, um, then that's then then your talent will shine through. However, if I'm relying on talent alone, I'm fucked. That's why you're here. <laughs> you know, if your art is good, like people will people will appreciate it. Even maybe if your like your canvas is a little cheapy. I don't know what the. Well, yeah. So, like Basquiat, a perfect example of that. He was, you know, writing on. He was painting on on the sides of cardboard boxes, and those mm-hmm. pieces are worth uh, millions of dollars now. Like, it's not necessarily um, about the medium. It's it's I think what the art does or what it says. But is it if it's one of those pieces that he did in exchange for some drugs? 
you know, maybe that makes it a little bit dark. It could be. You know, uh, when I lived in Seattle, there was a gentleman that uh, everyone knew him as the homeless painter. And uh, he had a bucket with all of his supplies, and he did. He painted on cardboard boxes. And he had this one particular piece I bought. It was a picture of a kitty cat with some, like, like it had a treble clef in the corner. And, you know, I can't even remember what he called it. He, I think he kind of just made up names on the spot. But, uh, but I loved this guy's work. It wasn't particularly incredible, but, like, I mean, like, you wouldn't be looking at it and going, like, oh, my gosh, Da Vinci, step aside. This guy's got... No, it was, like, slightly above, like, a little kid drawing. You know, like Picasso. Um, but uh, <laughs> I remember one time I, I, purchased, I purchased this piece from him, and when I was talking to him about it, uh, and I really liked it, and he's like, tell you what, normally I probably charge six $700 for this, but for you, 13 bucks. <laughs> So you know you got a deal. Exactly. That's you know, out for you. I, I know. I wish I still had it. It's you know. It's like when you when you crash into a car in the hood, and they're like, "No, let's not do the insurance thing. How much is a can of spray paint?" <laughs> so, in a so, six pack, so, so I've got twelve bucks. I've got those stories as well. Now I also have like my favorite Seattle artist, Dan the Hat Man. He's yeah. Down, he's gone to the Pike Street Market. Yeah. He's done uh, multiple hats for me. He actually did some hats for uh, for my wedding. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, so like he did uh, a you know custom hat for my son. Uh, he doesn't do hats anymore, but we've got a couple of his pieces hanging up uh, in the house. Um, but I think that it's important if you if you've made it outside of Alaska and you've made it to Seattle, you have like your favorite Seattle street artist. Oh yeah, it's um, like I hate cities for every reason imaginable, mm-hmm. but I, I I love an artist on, on the street like that's. You're, you're that's where you are uh so that you don't have to be an accountant exactly well i um i'm a big fan of like support local music support local artists um support like anyone that's trying to do it on their own you know i'm a big fan of that because anyone can take you know a five million dollar contract from some well it's always a loan it's never like here's five million dollars that just to pay you to do your thing here's five million dollars oh, yeah you know we're gonna you get 10 cents for every painting or every album you record until after we get our money back yeah because everything is an investment like like previous life shit yeah so i you know like i've seen that i've seen artists who you know get those those recoupable uh loans and that's really what they are because you're as the artist especially if you're on a, a major record label you yourself are paying for those physical copies of whatever to be pressed at this point uh there's no good reason not to not to stick around to streaming by the way, if you're, a, I, I have n- no interest in starting a record label, but if you yourself do, by all means do it and fucking stream the shit out of your stuff. Oh, yeah. But still make physical copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, stream this shit out because those record labels, they don't care about you. They don't love you. Um, the, the same things that happen in the mute or in the, uh, in the film industry are the same things that happen in the music industry. All this sick, nasty, despicable shit that you don't want to be any part of. Uh, and it's all fucking dirty, filthy loans created to steal from the artist. Oh, yeah. Well, um, two of my favorite artists... Uh, one is The Streets, um, that first album. They essentially recorded, I think, the majority of or the entire album just on his laptop. In fact, I don't even think he had multiple members 
of the band at that point. Maybe a couple guys that like he invited in, but the majority of the beats and the music and everything he threw on his laptop. Uh, you know, and I mean, nothing's more fun than like a white British dude rapping, or it almost comes out more sp- spoken word. But like that first album was amazing, and it was fair, original pirate material was the name of it. Oh, from the streets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the streets. The yeah, Michael Skinner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His first album, absolutely amazing. The first time I ever saw. Um, what, let's push things forward was the video. It showed up at like two o'clock in the morning on this like crazy show that would uh, be on like uh, Seattle public airwaves with like, I can't remember what the, the host's name was. It, you know, it was one of those like Foxy Cleopatra Brown type names, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, it's like, this isn't what your mama named you type thing. But um, anyway, played that song. Me and my friend lost our minds, couldn't find the album anywhere. And then like a year and a half later, like it's it's blowing up he's gonna play seattle show sells out in like 10 minutes we couldn't get tickets so we're like he adds another show it's like let's go that sold out in like 60 minutes but i wish i could have saw it the other one of my favorite artists that did sort of the similar thing is um the mountain goats several of his albums were recorded with the the press the play and the record button on a cassette tape stick that in the middle of the room and i mean if you're a tremendous musician and a tremendous artist um, that lack of quality almost plays into the authenticity of it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, it's not produced, not overproduced. You start saying it's it's yeah. the other side of, of like your Sergeant Peppers, where you yeah. got some like uh, was it George? I don't want to George Martin, the the guy that produced most of the Beatles stuff, where he's cutting and pasting tape, and they're inventing new ways to do stuff. <laughs> they're recording the drums on four tracks, bouncing them to one track, and then like yeah, bring like I mean the early Beatles stuff was recorded on four tracks, and you're looking at it, it's like man, you probably couldn't have hit this with you know twelve or twenty four tracks today. Yeah, but. Um, each guitar string needs its own track now. And part of that was the, the amount of time that the Beatles had to spend in, in the basements of, uh, yeah. of Hamburg, um, balling out and just playing six-hour shows every night. Uh, so, you know, like you had that. You, you sort of had that, um, that, that forced professionalism. You ended it. You had no other choice but to get really, really good. And what I love about it was at that point in time, well, may, I can't really speak for that point in time, but when I look at like um, Michael Skinner's first album and I look at like a lot of the old school Mountain Goat stuff and even some of the more modern stuff, because it's a lot cheaper to record now than it was, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, but you look at like Billy Joel, Piano Man album. Oh one of the greatest albums of all time blows Billy Joel through the roof. He's a, he's a nationwide star now. Everyone's, you know, there's always that one jackass at the bar that's playing piano man on the jukebox over and over and over again. That's the time it is. Can't finish your pool game because you're just like, dude, dude, love the song, but knock it off. <laughs> anyway, he can't finish his tour because he's, at, he's broke. Here he's got like the number one song, the number one album in the nation at the time. And uh, because of his contract, you know, he's basically homeless, living on a houseboat kind of thing uh, on, on this huge tour, has all these future tour dates. And it's like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. My favorite thing is left eye at the Grammys saying we're broke. Uh, so, wow, good times. So she set a house on fire. It, bless her heart. There's so. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you get into conspiracies? Because there's some conspiracy. Well, there's some, some, some conspiracies about Left Eye's uh, uh, untimely passing. Yeah. And there have been some podcasts that have come out 
uh, in the past that have sort of glossed over how she, uh, like, part of why she was where she was and what she was doing, uh, or kind of sort of were, it seemed like they were invented to create false narratives about uh, how people died or to, uh, or intentionally misinform people of certain stories. Like, there's a, there's a different story about um, uh, Sid and Nancy oh, yeah. that has been uh, then that's different than the one that is being portrayed in the media, where um, you know he stabs her to death and uh, he says, you know, I did it, and then he ODs. Uh, there's a whole lot more to it to include uh, people that may or may not have shown up at their uh, at their little apartment that day. Uh, there's uh, there's also an idea that his mother, who was uh, Sid Vicious's mother, who was a very experienced Mrs. Vicious, Mrs. Vicious, this is my mom, Mrs. Vicious, but but with a British accent. Yeah. So this is my mother, Mrs. Vicious. <laughs> Uh, she makes a terrible souffle, but um, she was an experienced. She was quite an experienced drug user, mm-hmm. and um, so allegedly, uh, she uh, she gave him the the lethal dose to uh, so that he wouldn't be uh, so as I guess the last way of protecting her son from you know terrible things that could happen to him in New York prisons in the late seventies and early eighties. Uh, I don't know, Sid Vicious doesn't seem like a guy that would last really long uh, as a famous guy in Rikers Island. No, and you know uh, Sid Vicious is not going to get like O.J. Simpson famous person treatment or no. or anyone from Enron if any of them even went to jail. No, no, <laughs> certainly not. He's, he, you know, the fact that he made it out of like his jail before he, uh, he got bail. Apparently, I think Mick Jagger paid for his lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there is a whole other story uh, involving uh, the the death of Sid Vicious. But how sad is that? You're Sid Vicious and can't afford your own attorney. Ah, it's rough. Yeah. What does that tell you about one how one will how, be appointed to you? <laughs> how well the Sex Pistols were uh, being taken care of by by their contractual obligations. But it goes back to uh, to Lisa uh, Lopez. Um, she uh, was apparently she was in Costa Rica because she was uh, working with a guy by the name of Dr. Sebi. And Dr. Sebi's name was kind of brought up after Nipsey Hussle was murdered uh, earlier this year. Dr. Sebi is going to be the name of my next band, though. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's maybe not a bad one. It's, it's very short. It's, you know, it's got a vibe to it. You know? It's, you're a doctor. Yeah. And you're starting off with doctor. You got Dr. John, Dr. Hook, Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, both Dr. Dre's. The one from Yo! MTV Raps and the guy from the headphones. Um, so she was down there and she was with this guy, Dr. Sebi, who had a, who has, if you're at home, please look this up yourself. He was allegedly finding uh, cures for all kinds of illnesses, cancer, uh, HIV and AIDS through nutrition, uh, there's another guy, in, and and I don't know enough about Dr. Sebi to speak at length, but there's another guy, in, another doctor in Columbia, uh, saying that he's using like a lot of Dr. Sebi stuff, clean eating, plus cannabis oil, uh, full spectrum THC, CBD, not like an isolate, the the full the full um, the full the full circular thingamajigger, but yeah, using cannabis oils and clean eating as a way to uh, prevent illness. Uh, and allegedly, uh, they've cured people with stage four cancer. And one of the things that uh, Lisa Lopez was doing was trying to uh, make Dr. Sebi's work more available in the United States. And allegedly, uh, she may or may not have been uh, uh, 
killed by Big Pharma. Yeah, you could see it. I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, if one wants to dig, okay, now I'm going to go down the conspiracy path with you. But if, if one wants to dig into the FDA a bit, you're going to find out that the FDA really is ultimately ran by the tobacco industry. Um, and I think you probably see, I mean, how perfect is it? You have, you have this one industry that basically gets people sick. Then you have another industry that treats that illness. And then you have a group in the middle that's supposed to regulate all of it. And their entire funding comes from those two groups. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's crazy. You know, what's even crazier is that the folks that are providing, uh, the food, are also providing uh, the, uh, the the treatments for the illnesses that these food cause. So Monsanto and Bayer are now the same company. Yeah. Uh, Monsanto, uh, or the company that used to be known as Monsanto, uh, gets sued on a regular basis for hundreds, millions, billions of dollars, euro. And whatever country you're in, you're, there's someone there that is probably suing Monsanto as we speak for whatever that currency is. Um, and... Then there's Bayer on the same company uh, selling you the, the, the medicine for the food that made you sick. Exactly. I, you know, give it, a, give it a matter of time. I hope it doesn't go down this path, but this is the path I really do predict it's going down. Um, you're going to see the cannabis industry regulated in such a hardcore, especially when they get legalized across the entire United States. We're going to have like 12 random deaths that we can't pinpoint uh, what happened. And I guarantee it's going to be super regulated and Monsanto's going to be growing all of your cannabis. Oh, I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, you're, you're going to have, it'll be ugly, but it'll be, but it'll be quick. And the, the grownups in the room are going to say, well, but all well, these people died. It's for the children. So a couple months ago, there was uh, the first death attributed to cannabis. Mm. Uh, it was a woman in Louisiana. I guess she had a, uh, acute uh, breathing issues, clearly, because she stopped breathing, uh, that was caused by her THC vape. Now, we have people who are getting sick or dying uh, from, again, black market and, and black market THC vapes. And how do I know the lady in, in Louisiana bought a black market THC vape? Because cannabis isn't legal in Louisiana. So whatever she got was by all by all measurements... Um, unregulated. It wasn't the clean stuff you get off the dark web. It was... <laughs> I mean, if she'd have gotten it off the dark web rather than some kid that bought it on Instagram from China... Watched a YouTube video on how to... Uh, or, or didn't and just got something from somebody. Tried it with cooking oil because people are stupid. Um, you know... It's, it's hard to, to not feel like this is controlled opposition in some form or fashion because the tobacco industry has a vested interest in limiting all kinds of things about the, uh, um, the vape industry, whether it's the ability to, to buy in, a, in large bulk a huge bottle of the nicotine juice that you want um, versus... Uh, the big tobacco company and their 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 like pod system, yeah. where you have to buy these you have to buy these these pods and you have to buy new ones that are just a fucking waste and a hassle and have no purpose whatsoever. Doesn't come out to be much cheaper than a pack of cigarettes 
when you and that that's what I, I find completely interesting about this is okay, if you're a business and you want to get into the vape industry and your uh your big tobacco, your you know, your business plan kills your customers. Um, so you know how to grab every last dime from them, how to create new customers, all that. The market is in the high-powered vapes. The market is in vape juice. Yet you haven't seen any major tobacco company release their line of vape juice or their line of, you know, like a you know two hundred watt, you know, vapor. It's all been like you said, these little pod units and these little tiny like, oh, you know, uh, two of these is the equivalent of a pack of cigarettes, and you save a buck. It's it's disposable garbage, right? It's and that's all. That's any the worst of it is. part of it too is you're throwing that away every day. Yeah, you or you lose it. Yeah. Uh, versus something that you enjoy, that is powerful, that is yours, that you can customize. I mean, I've I have friends that vape and they invest in these things. Like they're they're building their own and making like like fucking hot rods. These tobacco companies, one of the things they don't want to do is they don't want to make 73 flavors of something. No. They want to make three flavors, and they want to make it as powerful as possible so they can enslave you with that little disposable juice thing that you're going to lose 10 this year. Yeah. Okay, so one of the problems that I have And six more will quit working. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many of those little THC vape batteries I, I purchased this year because I lose them, I break them, I, you know, like, they're little tiny garbage pieces. But if I have one of those bricks, I'm not losing it. The other thing that you get to do with those juices is you get to kind of, like, mix and match and make your own. These These tobacco companies, they don't want you to do that. They want you to have... An absolutely limited choice because if they don't have to make 73 different products, they don't, they're not going to. Well, exactly. Well, what I think is really interesting about it is there's that, but there's also, um, you know, I, you know, I, I, I vaped for a while. I've done everything from like the little tiny like unit up to the big high powered unit. And what I really enjoyed about going high power with like, you know, a high level like nicotine vape is, It'd be two or three drags, and I was good for like three, four hours. It wasn't like I didn't have to constantly be on top of it. Um, but I, I was thinking of a friend of mine. Um, her husband had quit, quit smoking using the vape, trying to get her on board. She just, it wasn't her thing. She couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Tell they came out with, uh, of all flavors, the worst flavor ever invented by man ever, but the buttered popcorn flavor which if you've ever had a buttered popcorn flavor like, you know, uh, Jelly Belly, it's just, it's gross. Like, there's, I don't know, I, apparently there was one person on earth that's buying all of them, and she was that one person. But that was what it did. Tuna casserole. Yeah. That's Hot bad. tuna. Hot tuna is a disgusting smell. <laughs> yeah. um, but but if, it was, if it was mint, mixed berry, tobacco, menthol, She's never quitting. She's never dropping the Marlboros. But for some reason, this disgusting flavor, you know, got her off. I mean, she hasn't smoked in years. And ultimately, I don't even think she vapes anymore either. Ultimately, what we're talking about is we're old grown-ups talking about protecting young people who are going to be grown-ups and ultimately will not like the, uh, when they are a voting age, 
that the old grown-ups made the decisions that they made. However, those old grown-ups are either going to be not in office or uh, or, or dead, oh, right, yeah. um, by the time these folks were voting age. And I'm, my thinking is, as these young kids, as they become uh, of voting age, end up their job is now being a, a, to be attacked by these older folks who have fucked it up for these younger folks. And now we've got to, you know, and that's, I think that's where we're at. We've, we've limited options for so many people for so long that when they point out that you're fucking us with our limited options and our limited freedoms so that you could capitalize off of it, they get upset. You, oh, your generation's so entitled. You know, I mean, we raped and pillaged the land and had cheap oil and energy and took all the good jobs and landed ourselves these great, you know, these great retirement benefits that you have to pay for uh, and also all that social security money. Well, we tapped into that too. So you need to pay for that. But, um, but if you titled generation, well, but you gotta keep them away from the vapes. Yeah. Well then that's the most important thing is the vapes, you know, well, especially because I mean, they're cutting into that sweet tobacco income that, uh, I mean, the taxation that that's what pays for school books. Let's let's talk about taxation because I would I would really like to talk uh-huh. about taxation and uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah so I was gonna say that. Screen <laughs> oh no it's all good yeah I was just making sure it's still recorded yeah because normally so, I see you widgeting with it all the time widgeting that's I'm, it's that's a verb now um so the annexation of Ridgeway so you have a strip in Ridgeway Alaska that is doctors offices dentists. And a tobacco shop slash cannabis dispensary. That makes a killing. All of those businesses make a oh, killing. Yeah. One makes a very big retail killing, though. Yes. 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 And, uh, and the city of Soldotna wants to tap, seems like they want to tap into that. Well, what it is, is they want to provide services. They, they don't want to. Pro- let's, okay. All right. Tell me. Let's pretend they're going to provide services. What services are they going to pretend to provide? Well, uh, we're going to get water and sewer. Okay, and, so uh, if those folks live on, and I'm sure many of them live on wells, that's yeah. part of the contention of the people yeah. that live there is that they already have wells. Yeah. Uh, they don't, well, they don't need, need it. Or want yeah. city water. But, but, but you need it. We're going to give it to you. But I don't want it. Well, that's, see, obviously you're mistaken. You know. I mean, we can't live in the dark ages. That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, all right, so there's this. We're going to provide. We're also going to provide for you um, a fire department that we're already borrowing from the borough. There's that. Yeah. Uh, there's the city of Soldotna's police department. Yeah. Which is, I don't know that it really is going to make a big difference anyway. Like that place, that it's it's an area that's covered pretty well by the state troopers. Uh, and I don't think it's going to change a whole lot. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but SB 91 is still a thing, right? That hasn't been fully... You know, I, I honestly... What is the status of SB 91? I believe, I believe SB 91 is still a thing, but I, I don't know for sure. Okay, because there are a whole lot of things... I didn't get, come to this informed or anything. I'm just yeah, winging it. Yeah, <laughs> as, as we all are. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about that. So SB 91 is a... It's a criminal justice kind of reform act that was meant to, um, I guess, decrease uh, the number of people that were being locked up for 
um, what are generally thought of as sort of victimless yeah. crimes, right? I, like I, drug I th- use. Yeah, I stuff. think the intention of SB 91 was good. And then I don't know if they just, if it just sort of became the poster for all of the drug related uh, crime. Um, you know, it's like, oh, all this, I mean, all this crime was here before, but we're going to blame it on SB 91 because all these repeat offenders, you can definitely make that argument. I'm not going to argue against it, but I think the initial, uh, the initial idea behind SB 91 to basically keep nonviolent criminals out of jail makes perfect sense. You know, you reduce the cost of, um, prisons and that always goes really well, especially in politics, you know? Yeah. There's, there's. You know, there's never a conflict of interest in increasing the prison population. That's uh, crazy to me. Yeah. It's, uh, never. No, yeah, no, there's, there's no money in it. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So I, I think the intention there was good. Uh, the execution, honestly, I, I don't really know. I would have to look more into it. I do know, though, that screaming SB91 every time something bad happened to you or a friend of yours became sort of the thing. And I think probably there was some... I mean, it's legislation, you know, you got, you got people in, you know, you got, you know, people in their little Juno bubble trying to understand what it's like on the hard streets of Kenai, you know, and they're, they're completely disconnected. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, so we got, we're on the annexation. Yeah. I was going to say annexation. We, we know what that's about. That's a money grab. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, It's like, I'm upset that there's a business right there making money that we're not getting a chunk of and they're probably affecting the sales of the business down the street that we are getting a chunk of. We need that money and we'll give them water in return. One of the problems that I have is that it, it seems like my understanding and I could be wrong on this. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that the idea of annexation really is to appeal to a box store, uh, like another chain store to come in. Like for example, a target, um, and what we've learned uh, for, through experience and studies is that when these box stores come in, uh, small mom and pop operations close down. Oh, yeah. Something that we need to ask ourselves is why? What is the point of, of building a target? Uh, where is, my question is where is the growth that necessitates uh, another um, box store in the area? We've got uh, we've got a Fred Myers. We've got a Walmart. Uh, we've got multiple Safeway, multiple McDonald's, multiple Arby's, a Taco Bell. We're getting a pita pit, and that's all fine and good. But do we? What is the requirement, or what is the need for another place that's going to sell Starbucks? Like, do we need another building with a Starbucks inside? Well, I think uh, specifically in the, on the K Beach region. <coughs> This is because uh, I remember years back when Kmart left Kenai, when Kmart shut down. Where was Kmart? Kmart is what's the Home Depot building now. Okay. There used to be a Kmart there. Um, one day Kmart shuts down um, after they ran all the little businesses except for like Dan's TV and Malston's out. Um, everybody else went under. And uh, Dan's actually made a very smart move and went with very high end uh, electronics and washer dryer units and whatnot. Like they knew that there was never going to be a chance they're going to compete price wise. So they did a great job there. And of course, you know, you can't get a tuxedo at, at Kmart. Um, so Kmart comes in, runs all the, the small businesses in Kenai out. And, uh, all of a sudden Kmart goes out of business. City of Kenai is like, Oh shit. We don't have any money now. 
like all of that sales tax revenue is gone because right now if someone wants to get like a pair of socks, they have to go to uh, Soldatna, you know? Like if someone wants to buy a toy for the kids, they got to go to Soldatna. You want like any of these following items that Kmart had and wiped everybody out of, um, you have to go to Soldatna. So there was this mad scramble to get uh, get someone in there. And maybe even uh, what happened years later in the Pat Porter regime is the uh, the introduction of Walmart, which then fixed that sales tax revenue issue. And uh, now we're all happy in the city of Kenai. But if you look at like K-Beach, I mean, prime location for a Target because it's going to be far enough away from Fred Meyer. So you're not you're going to cut into that a bit, but not too much. Um, now you get that in there. Plus, if you're the city of Soldatna, you have that area annexed. Um, you've got dueling, like just sales tax, just money makers. What we know from experiences, places like uh, like the the Copper Center, the Diamonds, whatever that is now, um, those those places close. Yeah, they go. Those, those, that coffee shop in there, that gets replaced by the Starbucks and Target. And you know who doesn't give a fuck about you or the coffee that you enjoy? The Starbucks at, uh, the Starbucks at Target. They give zero and fucks about you. And apparently the Soldatna City Council. That was... Let's, let's talk about the Soldatna City Council. I mean, City should Council. we just annex Poland at this point? Just invade Poland? Because we're, we're going to make it better? Well, that's why we got, I mean, thank God we got talk to text running for assembly, making that step up. I love, by the way, talk to text is my favorite local politician right now. Um, And for those of you who don't know who talk to text is, he is a Soldatna city assemblyman. City councilman. uh, City councilman, who is currently running for assembly. Now, this is where it gets a little bit funky and it gets a little bit suspect. So he, I don't know, it's not recuse himself. Or was it, he techn- did he technically recuse himself? I mean, well, at first there was what, the, like the potential conflict of interest. So he wouldn't have been allowed to vote, if I've got that correct, on the annex issue. Um, because apparently he owned property in a potential annexation zone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so... So if you might have to pay an additional tax, then clearly you should not be allowed to vote on it. That's what, <laughs> that's what that said to me. So then they took out that portion of land that would have been uh, that he uh, would have been directly affected by, and just slammed this annexation down on Ridgeway. Now, ex- excuse me if I'm wrong, and this is how it looks. Um, I might regret saying all of this a little bit later. Um, yeah, but I think that would make me a punk if I did. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have a hard time getting a bagel after this. So um, mighty fine bagels, by the way. I, I their chocolate chip bagel with the Oreo cream cheese, the cookies and cream cream cheese. Get, get it for my daughter. I love that. If I could get a maple and bacon bagel. <laughs> That's breakfast right there. Hex, yeah. That being said, um, 
I think what's going to happen for sponsors. Tyson, <laughs> oh, I'm, it's not going to be the Vagel place after this. Um, so I think what ends up happening is Tyson Cox ends up going to uh, the assembly uh, if he wins. Um, and Pamela Parker, who does not have a conflict of interest involving Kay Beach who uh, did not have to be accountable for the tough decision of that vote for annexation, um, then gets to be supportive of the city of Soldotna when they make that push, when they try to go down that hole. Because she doesn't... They're clearly... Stephen A. Smith voice. Clearly! (laughs) Um, If you can go and sit down and have a conversation with Tyson Cox from 7 to 9 every Tuesday at Everything Bagels, there's a, a very clear channel of communications. Yeah. The same way that there's very clearly a channel of communications between Zach Brown and his lawyer and his neighbor, Peter Zoyce. Um, apparently it's not yeah. Zeus. I always called it Zoyce. I, well, I've, I've called it several different things, but... Still going with Zeus. Zeus? Yeah. It's way cooler I don't know. Peter Z's got a PDZ. It's got to get PDZ. That's my boy. PDZ. That's my boy. PDZ. Be <laughs> drummer in the Doctor whatever band I just created. Yeah. Yeah. Damn toot, and he's a damn fine drummer. He's kind of funky. He's you know kind of makes it up as he goes along. <laughs> Has a kind of kind of devil may care. Let's Everyone see else in the band attitude. follows right along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, just let the guy go. We'll see what happens. Uh, turns out interesting things happen. Let's talk about what happened with Peter Zoyce, Blaine Gilman, and, uh, and Blaine Gilman and what's going on. Is it, is it Alaska yes or is it It's yes Alaska, Alaska yes. Okay. That's the um, what apparently was a political action committee but might not actually be a political, depending on the filing. This is something, too. And, I, you know, full disclosure, when I ran for assembly, I ran against Blaine Gilman. Okay. And uh, and I, I had met PDZ, um, and uh, people were trying to get me tied up with him, and I, I hung in that crowd for a little bit before I'm like, no, and we we can talk about this too. I'm like, no, I want nothing to do with you. And then I had a whisper campaign going on against me with their little group because he was representing Tom Barrap, who was running against uh, Mike Navarre, and they started the smear campaign against Mike Navarre that I knew was untrue and it wasn't cool. And at that point in time, I was like, all right, you know what? I can't support Tom Barrup anymore. And uh, I remember Tom coming to me one day while I'm out waving signs and shaking hands and waving at tra- traffic. And Tom comes up to me. He's like, do, do we have a problem, Jake? And I was like, no, you know what, Tom? You, you did some things I'm not, I'm not happy with. You know, you were supposed to run a clean, honest race. This whole thing with the, some of the accusations you've made about, you know, Mike Navarre threatening your grandkid and, all these, you know, and he's like, well, I didn't make those other people. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know how this works. Um, but I'm, I'm just not cool with that. He's like, well, I just wanted you to know, Jake, I, I voted for you. I'm like, dude, you live in like Sterling. Because I'm running for Kenai. There's no way you could have voted for me. So at that point, I was like, you know what, we're done. My, uh, the group I was with, uh, which uh, we, had several, we had several candidates in there. Or the the group that came to me and asked me to run had other several other candidates in there, and they had withdrew their support for Barrup as well. But um, but that was all you know. Like putting two and two together, you realize this is this is the PDZ machine, right? You know, he's uh, 
he's got this this plan, this vision. He thinks politics are supposed to be nasty. Um, but the one thing I did want to get to, though, is you. So you have. Uh, so I ran against Blaine Gilman. Blaine Gilman, wonderful guy. You can't help but love Blaine Gilman. Nicest guy in the world. Um, you know. And of course, Mrs. Gilman was, you know, one of my teachers before she was a Gilman, and then she's a wonderful principal out in Nikiski. Um, but I gotta say, like with all these mistakes in the filings of Alaska, yes, and the reporting to APOC, you're an attorney. Filing papers is what you do. You have a staff of people to do that, and you can't get this right? Yeah. Like, this to me, like, you know, it stinks of something. stinks of something. I think that um, there's going to be some stuff that comes out, and there are going to be receipts for all of that, and we'll see who paid for what and who knew about what. Um, which country music artist? <laughs> which, well, I wouldn't call him a country music artist. Or I went on, he, he released a new record on Friday called The Controversy, and it's labeled as pop on iTunes. So I wouldn't say which country artist. Yeah, it's, a, you know, if you're Taylor Swift, uh, if you wrote Chicken Fried, maybe not. <laughs> Just saying. But I... The people that I've spoken to um, that have sort of, sort of been on, um, that, that have more insight than I do, uh, feel like like the country music singer may or may not have been taken for a ride. I'm, I'm leaning on the side of like, the country music singer has been in the music industry for over 10 years and was also in the restaurant industry. Yeah. Trust me, I was a fan. I paid attention to that Wikipedia. Um, I learned a lot about the guy. Two industries where you can be easily taken advantage. Absolutely. Uh, And he was successful in both of those very clearly. So he should know when someone is, is pulling his leg, when someone's giving him shit. He should have developed that kind of intuition. If not, maybe he should eat more cabbage and work on his gut brain connection. So, um, so, I mean, if you're talking to someone and they're telling you that, and I have no idea what those conversations Yeah, this is entirely like, speculation at this point. This is 100% It teeters on the edge of fiction unless it turns out to be true later on. Yes, in fact, we're just going to assume that this conversation never actually happened. But if, uh, if you're PDZ, uh, the Roger Stone of the Kenai Peninsula, and you are... Um, and you are using Microsoft Office or Microsoft Paint or whatever <laughs> it is you are using to, to smear campaigns of, of, generally speaking, maybe some okay candidates. I'm not, I'm still Look not happy. Look at how happy red their eyes it. are. They're clearly in line with Satan. Um, it, the, they made me stare at Zach or Zach, uh, 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 Tyson Cox, uh, Mister Talk to Text, scratching his ass, um, which which is almost enough to make me want to to vote for Tyson. Not no, enough, yeah. by the way. Like <laughs> if you if you are in a place where you can vote for Tyson Cox, right? I was going to say it's a little anyone. late for a write-in candidate, but it's not too late. No, it's you. You can write a gigantic turd because the thing is, uh, at the very end, if there's like if he gets five, if there are five votes for a write-in gigantic turd, we're gonna find out that that this a this show is influencing people, <laughs> and and we're starting the revolt slowly but surely. Um, so let's well let's talk about uh, up north. Uh, I, I got to go with, with, with Bjorkman, uh, but you also have Joe Ross. Yeah, you've got, you've got Quick, Bjorkman, and Joe Ross. So um, 
don't know a whole lot about Ross other than he's lived in Nikiski for a really long time. Uh, has he been in, involved? I, in you local know, politics? I don't think so. I think this is one of those situations where, like, if gravel pits are your concern, go Ross. You know. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, Ross is basically the, he's going to be the interesting one. Will he be that, like that, uh, will he split? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe dark horse, maybe he splits the vote and that causes a different candidate to win. Um, I predict that without Ross in there, this would be a landslide. Um, but I think Ross might, might cause the, uh, shake things up a little bit. Um, and then, of course, you have John Quick, who is uh, a disclaimer, John Quick, a friend of mine. But on that same token, John Quick's got a lot of controversy behind him. Yeah. He has ties to Alaska, yes, which he, um, you know, which he has said that he, um, early in March, he separated himself from. Of course, then we also have the timestamp bizarreness. Well, let's, let's, well, let's, 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 let's not even, yeah. Let's myself with the timestamp. Uh, th- the thing that made it funky is that his campaign manager, which by the way is for an assembly seat in the Kiski, um, why don't why <laughs> you, you have a staff a, a that can resign apparently? But he's got apparently a new campaign manager. That's cool. Um, so so that guy I had was zero replaced, campaign but, managers by the way, or um, staff, which which is why <laughs> exactly I had a campaign mom kind of she drove me places. <laughs> Yeah, did she give you cookie? Like she showed. She, like, she would do stuff away? like because uh, we'd go out super early in the morning, and it'd be like you know it'd be like thirty degrees, and we're waving at traffic at like four a.m. and and uh, so she would like go heat up her car periodically and be like, "You need to go in in there for twenty minutes." And Is this yada yada. Your actual mom? No, it's not my actual mom. Um, no, a wonderful wonderful lady named Diane out in uh, from Kasilov. Okay. So so there's controversy right there. Why is this Kasilov person helping this assembly candidate? But um, <laughs> I know, right? But she would, yeah, she would do, like, all the weird little things, like, bring me, like, hot cocoa while I'm freezing, and she'd stand out there with me and drive me around while we knocked on doors, and it was just, it was adorable. Um, she had goats, which was real fun, because, like, occasionally we'd drive around, and there were goats in the back of her car. She ever gave you, like, goat milk? I probably could have got some, but not, not, I'm not ready for goat milk. But anyway, that aside, did not have did not have a campaign manager. Um, she was not my campaign manager. Like I said, she's sort of my my like my little my campaign mom. But uh, yeah, I find it really weird to get a campaign manager for. Uh, you know, you get a staff to run for assembly, especially when you don't want money. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. There's a certain part of me where I'm like, and you know, uh, I mean Charlie Pierce, really good friend of mine, Mayor Pierce. Um, you know, so like John winning would uh, would greatly assist Charlie in in the future um, because you know we're about to if this election goes a certain way we have a super majority onto a more big government side than uh, you know than a conservative side um, and Jesse uh, you know Jesse I do uh, you know, I think he's got a lot of conservative values, but I think he's got a lot of big government values too. I think he's very, he's very middle of the road. He, um, I will, I will tell you one of the many reasons that, that, that I say why, why Jesse would be the, 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 the I think the go-to vote in the Kiski. Um, A is, is he's got lead, like legitimate leadership experience, mm-hmm. right? 
whether it is teaching, you know, survival classes, uh, whether it's his experience uh, being a teacher. Out- the teacher strike last all of two and a half hours. You know, <laughs> rough. It's that whole delay. I mean, he he was a, a real hero in that, and the, the and the organization that was supporting his opponent attacked yeah. that man. Yeah, they and they they pretty viciously attacked him, and whether or not um, whether or not. Quick was fully aware of what was was going on. He has to there there is some like responsibility in there because the people that you co-signed uh to be your campaign manager, like that dude, whatever his name was, did receive emails from Alaska, yes, uh, with some of these these sort of uh disparaging um uh messages about local candidates. And if there's so many things to unpack in all of this. Um, the the Blaine Gilman uh, association, um, you know, to Zach Brown and his neighbor. Uh, the man, there's just so much that goes into this because uh, Blaine uh, Gilman, being the registered agent, uh, being the guy that accepted John Quick's resignation, um, you know, and then. Again, representing uh, Zach Brown, who is having issues uh, currently uh, or, or had recent issues with the assembly, um, it would definitely benefit. Um, it would probably be to the benefit of someone uh, who was having issues with the, the assembly to get um, Candidates who were more friendly to what they were looking for and what they needed from the assembly, so that it didn't have to go to a boundary commission. Uh, yeah. It's got a bit of that, uh, you know, quid pro quo kind of vibe to it. The I scratch your back, you scratch my back kind of thing. Um, you know, like I, you know, we're gonna do everything in our power to get you where you want to be, but you know, down the road, all purely all speculation. Fuck it, I ain't going to prison for the guy that wrote Chicken Fried, all right? I don't dislike his last few records that much. I Granted, one of the last physical copies of a CD I bought was a Zach Brown CD. And fucking um, Jadakiss, a, a, a wonderful rapper, said, I cop your shit, now I, broke weed up on, now I break weed up on it. I, I don't break weed up on the Zach Brown CD because it's at best it's a fucking coaster. Um, it was I think it was the the Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Whatever it was, it was stupid. It was a really good Taylor Swift record, but it was garbage. And I apologize to my family on a regular basis for making them listen to that on the drive home. Uh, I uh, you know I've, you know I, I like a lot of different styles of music, but um, it never could really get into country. But I did I did have a stint at a country music radio station for a while kind of a fill-in position for a while and i will say like zach brown was one of the like reliefs like it was like okay this song's up i can deal with this so um i like as as an artist especially like his early work you know i definitely have have respect for him and you know i don't know him as a person i probably would love to hang out with him but you know i you know i mean i i can understand his issues man he's a famous guy and homer wants a little privacy and there's a pathway that goes through I your know, home. That's like, I know, that's like, I mean, the real estate agent probably should have clarified this. Yeah. You know, so let's. There's, there's a- 
there's there's a whole bunch of things that that are that are going on. There's a whole bunch of lack. Maybe of before you buy the property, yeah, you, you get this sorted out. But so I don't know. Like I said, it's all purely speculation. But going to that Nikiski race, though, I mean, John Quick, obviously the most qualified candidate. Okay, former former chief chief of staff, staff. staff. uh, chosen by the governor to run the administration of commission or some other something with a bunch of letters in it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, on in that regard, uh, for that kind of job, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're talking about like. The real, like, I think the person who's most qualified, the, the person that was asked to run in the first place. By, by his opponent. Okay. Let's, let's, let's talk about that, because we've also got to bring up uh, Assemblyman yes. Ogle. Who recently has resigned from Alaska, yes. Yes. I believe Thursday. Yes. I believe Thursday. Crazy. Uh, but an endorser of John Quick. Now, my understanding, and I'm not 100% on this, um, but I believe it was stated on KSRM, and again, I could be uh, on KSRM, I could be uh, completely mistaken, um, but that in the event that Wayne Ogle had won the campaign to go on to the legislature, mm-hmm. um, Jesse Bjorkman would have been, was the guy that was tapped to be Ogle's replacement. And he was asked to do that position uh, by Pierce, Quick, and Ogle. Yes. That's me breathing through my nose in frustration. Well, we were for Jesse before we were against Jesse. Yes. I had a very, yes. Now we are against Jesse, and he's a union I had a scum. very, very similar experience one time when I interviewed... Uh, United States. He's now United States Senator Dan Sullivan. At the time, he was just candidate Dan, Dan Sullivan, and uh, I liked with big name uh, candidates. Um, we like to end each uh, series of questions with peanut butter, creamy or crunchy, and Dan Sullivan says creamy. Wait, no, crunchy. That's what I'm saying. He was for creamy, then he was for crunchy. Which is it? We don't know. We were for Bjorkman. We're against Bjorkman. We're against Bjorkman. You know, yeah, it's complicated, complicated, complicated uh, question. It really is tough, Um, you know, (laughs) but what I didn't, this, all of the, the, the quick stuff went down at the beginning of the year. Yeah. It's a, it's a really quick turnaround. Eight months away from that. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick turnaround for an elected position. Really is. Um, but I will say is I will say this. Uh, I did see a Bjorkman uh, for assembly sign in front of Nikiski Hardware. <laughs> I took a picture of it. Made me smile. Um, well, there you go. But it, you know, if you are, I don't know. The questions to ask is that uh, is that influencing uh, voting age high school students as they are leaving the high school to be confronted with a sign saying "Vote for your history teacher." But I think he's the middle school teacher, so I don't know if there's... Yeah. Middle schoolers can only vote in middle school elections. I think that's the rule. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think 13-year-olds are voting for the well, mayor. Well, one thing I do remember from middle school elections is we voted to bring back the soda machines, and it still didn't happen. So it's, there's some higher power. There's some corporate puppet pulling the middle school strings, elections. 
or middle schoolers have no real power. Yeah. And like, what are you, what are you going like to do? You. Uh, high school, uh, student body president. Are you going to, are you going to lobby for five more minutes on lunch break? What are you, what are you actually going to get them? Like when was the last time? And, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'll be confronted by nobody who corrects me with a long story about what a student body president actually no they fought for uh this thing and they got us this thing that was majestic and it changed uh the civil rights in the united states and they will shit in my face i'm sure you know well we did uh we did bring in some particular guests during an assembly once i mean of course after it got the approval of the no it's it's the illusion of power like i i mentioned to you i it's something i remember a long time from from uh you know my days of being in a long-term relationship where you know, I get to hold the remote, but they choose the channel. It's, uh, you know, and that's what it is there. It's, it's just the illusion of like, look, you're, you know, you're out here, you're making a difference. Just, just, you know, it's, I think Bill Hicks actually probably best represent or best said it where it's like, who do I vote for the puppet on the left or the puppet on the right? Oh, there's one person holding both puppets. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's finding a useful idiot. Yeah. Right. And, and if you are, running a show and you have a useful idiot that can work for you and do your bidding, then you've got a real tool, especially if you are someone who has uh, any any power in the back. Uh, if you're a, a man behind the scenes pulling strings or, or a gal, not to say that women can't be evil corporate scumbags too. I'm sure there's some, some transgender scumbag CEOs that are just doing some terrible shit too. There's uh, to, or even people of uh, of uh, uh, some other cool gender exist. Well, it exists. It exists. I don't exists. know the name. I just want to be clear about There's that. There's some yeah. cool shit. That, yeah. There's some cool shit. I'm sure that some people identify as I'm a fucking dragon, something or other, and maybe they blow fire out of their nose. That's cool too. So where are you on? Just curious. Where are you on Prop One? Uh, Prop yeah, One City Manager. Borough Mayor Manager. <laughs> Borough mayor manager. Stupid. 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 Having, okay, so let's talk about uh, recent examples from the city of Soldatna, where a manager system is a really bad idea. So um, the cannabis uh, vote in Soldatna, where uh, it was a couple years ago, uh, and it was right before the the Proposition 1 borough um, vote no on one campaign. Shout out to Amy Jackman for the vote no uh, on one campaign. That was a really serious campaign. That was, like, legit. She ran that shit. Um, Cannabis, actually, the the vote to to keep cannabis legal got more more votes than any other candidate for anything in the borough. Oh, yeah. Um, I was I was there for the watch party. It was great. That was, by the way, one of the. Let me tell you, like any time the cannabis industry has a has a get together, if you are invited, you should go because it's gonna be. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, um, I, I've been to a bunch of different Christmas parties in my life. Corporate bullshit, some stuff in the military, but the most fun Christmas parties I've ever been to are cannabis industry uh, Christmas parties. They are the most fun. You'll meet lots of cool people yeah. with interesting stuff to share. Um, I do remember uh, back when the uh, back during the initial legalization for recreational use. Um, what was that like? What was that like? Because I, I was. I was uh, in the lower 48. I was still in the military. Like the, my, when it, my first thing to vote on after I got out 
was um, the the vote to legalize cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was that? That was. Um, it, uh, it, it was intense. Um, it was it got a lot of momentum. You know, it was it was very interesting because at the time I was uh, I was advi- doing a bit of advising and work for for a very conservative candidate. And uh, do you like it? Could you share that? Do you like it? Yeah, candidate? maybe some later date, but for now I'll just I'll just keep it at uh, what a very conservative President candidate. President Bush. Yeah, Mr. Bush. Jebby. No, I'm just the kidding. The Jebster. No, no. Uh, but uh, they were very uh, initially. They were very adamantly opposed. Because it's like, well, you know, I know how it works. The kids, they smoke the weed, and next thing you know, they're crackheads. Um, I'm like, okay, you just go talk to these people. Because this, honestly, this is the future. You're going to find out a lot of your friends, you know, probably your doctor. Um, a lot of very responsible people are, um, you know, are uh, a big part of this movement. And I don't think there's a chance to win if you don't come out in support of it. Um but I don't want you to. I don't want you to change your beliefs or your ideals just because I say this is your best chance to win. I want you to go talk to those people, get informed, and and they did, and it was kind of neat. It took them a little while, but the, ultimately they did. They did kind of come around to it, and uh, you know, I think one of the the one of the things I think that kind of broke the ice was you know people are always well, what about like the irresponsible users? It's like we got that same problem with credit cards. There's people that can use a credit card every day, never get themselves in debt. They're fine. In fact, they might even rack up a whole bunch of mileage and take their family on vacations. And, you know, they pay it off at the end of the month. No big deal. Then you have the one person that, you know, they have seven, eight credit cards and they burn them all up and they're having trouble making the minimums on even one of them. Um, But we don't ban those. We let people make that choice. And uh, we still have legal cannabis in yeah. the borough. However, it goes back to the city of Soldana, and I, my understanding is it was proposed by then city manager Charles Dixon um, to ban cannabis in the state of Alaska. Yeah. Or not in the city of Soldana. The or city of no, Central Peninsula no, Hospital. <laughs> so there would be no, like, like Pine Street has that, that new spot over, yeah. uh, over by... Uh, Papa Murphy's uh, and the nail shop uh, across the street from conveniently located. You can get your nails done. You can buy some weed. You get some Papa John's. You can you can take and bake for real. Yeah. Take and bake and bake. Oh. Take and bake and bake. Yeah, with bacon. <laughs> Heck yeah! All right, so um, you wouldn't have that if this if this proposed. Um, uh, it wasn't even a ballot initiative, right? Which it should have been. It should have been the something that the city of Sol- the residents of the city of Soldotna voted on. Much but like it annexation. much like annexation. However, it was voted on by the uh, by the assembly or uh, the city council. Yeah. And and I, I to his credit, I, if I recall correctly, Tyson Cox did uh, did vote in support of of cannabis. I, I, I will give him that. Um, even a blow, a broken rock, a uh, broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, yeah. There's um, a correlation between cannabis and the consumption of bagels. <laughs> Again, not saying anything bad about anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but like in a very you know like real way. Um, this is a this is a serious issue, and I think that when you have a city manager, you run into things like annexation, where um, decisions should be made by the populace. Mm-hmm. Some decisions shouldn't be given strictly to the representatives. 
The representatives, I don't think, are there to to decide the really important things. Like, are we pirates? Yeah. Um, and when you have a, a city council who decides that, yes, you are in fact pirates, and the booty you want is Patricia Patterson's uh, taxable income of, tax, uh, of, of cannabis and tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you, there is a, a real like tourist industry for, for her tobacco. Like people shop, uh, people come from Anchorage to go down there and buy quantities of tobacco from her because they are some of the lowest prices in Alaska. Yeah. And when they're down here, they get hotel rooms, they buy dinner, maybe they go fishing, maybe they go fishing and then they go to Frozo's and have them make their fish for bagels. them. Yeah. Get and get some bagels. Yeah, get, get all the bagels. Yeah. Um, but um, with a city manager, the big decisions aren't made by people. No. Um, and, and I think that if you had put cannabis to a vote, uh, I think it would have passed overwhelmingly mm-hmm. because it passed the first time. Um, overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, a few days later when the borough got to vote on whether or not they wanted to allow businesses to, to new businesses to open, uh, you know, they voted again fucking overwhelmingly yeah. uh, for cannabis. And the one person that kept Soldatna from uh, being a, a, a no-fun zone um, was the former mayor. Not Nels Anderson. No. No, the, the dude before him. Older gentleman. Uh, he retired. Sprague? Pete Sprague, yeah! Uh, interesting thing. Uh, Sprague is the, the wild street in Spokane, yeah. where I moved up here from. So I like Pete Sprague. Shout out to Pete Sprague. If you or anyone else uh, listening right now know Pete Sprague, give him a high five for me. Tell him I said. Tell him I said things. I'm sure he is. He's probably he's probably at home. He's like and and he should probably get a nickel every time someone goes to Pine Street uh, in downtown Soldatna to to buy a, a joint. The other thing that that uh, he should do he should be able to do is fucking get get love from anyone in Soldatna who smokes cannabis. You get a hug from uh, you should give a hug to Pete Sprague. Let him know you're giving him. Yeah, a hug. don't like yeah. don't just yeah. run up. Don't don't hug strangers that don't. Yeah, expect no, it's hugs. the. Uh, That's I'm how you go to, to jail. What, uh, I, I believe you ask for consent. Absolutely. Yeah, be like, is it okay if I hug you? Pete Sprague. Pete Sprague, who kept cannabis legal inside of the city of Soldatna, uh, which means that uh, cannabis is also legal in now Ridgeway or something. I don't know how that would have correlated. Yeah. Now, what? here's a question, though. Yeah. What would have happened if there had been multiple uh, cannabis shops that opened up in Ridgeway, uh, but the city of Soldatna uh, had already taken such a harsh stance uh, against cannabis? I mean, clearly you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't want those businesses to feel welcome. Oh, I, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think, uh, well, what I, what I find, what I think would be interesting, you take a harsh stance against cannabis and then you annex the cannabis area. Or uh, the cannabis. Yeah. Or the cannabis. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And what I love is that it's, you find the news on, in, in our community on Facebook. And we've oh, talked about this yeah. multiple times, days before it breaks You read it and else. you go, now oh, there's no way. Way there's definitely actually yeah whoa yeah there's somebody there's somebody at the local newspaper or the local radio station that's reading this too and they're digging into it yeah. and they're finding the connections they're they're finding the receipts. Wachowski has all the hit. 
Oh, crazy. Um, so we've got, we've been going now um, for eternity. 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 Or not, not at all. <laughs> yeah, we can't even. We, I gotta, I gotta punch in the password to, to find out where we're at. Um, so I did want to, um, before, uh, before we, we go, um, do you think the president's going to get in peace? No. And if so, do you? Okay. No, I think, I think uh, it, it will pass in the House and get shot down in the Senate. Okay. Um, in my hopes and in my dreams and, and, and in my heart, I hope, I hope that Joe and Hunter Biden are forced to answer questions. And I, guy out of Florida, young dude, absolutely an asshole. Uh, Shafferts, I believe his name is. Michael Shafferts, Jason Shafferts. Nothing. He's an asshole. He's a, he's a real, like, if there is, I'm assuming that guy probably has like a QAnon hat at the house, like, and he wears it when no one is watching and, you know, he just walks around his house in his QAnon hat. Um, and, and I want, I want desperately for that guy to interview Hunter Biden. I, I want that. I want that so much. And then, uh, and then I want him to interview Joe Biden. Because a lot of this, uh, I, my understanding of, of the presidential impeachment is that it stems from a conversation between President Trump and the head of the Ukraine where he said he would like an investigation into Joe Biden and his son Hunter, uh, who, by the way, have kind of copped to being involved in pay for Bragged about Ukraine. it a little bit. Bragged about it. And then Bragged about it. And then, if I recall correctly, Joe Biden bragged about getting um, a prosecutor fired for investigating. So you know you're a good leader. So, yeah, if there's anyone, I mean, if there's a scumbag that should be running the country, it should be a scumbag like him or Kamala Harris. Um, those are the kind of scumbags that, that we want. Now, apparently in the U.K., though, the dark horse uh, bet is that Hillary Clinton will still get the Democratic nomination. Oh, I could believe it. I don't. She'll get the Democratic nomination. Doesn't matter how many people die in the process. That's how you know this is a simulation. Because <laughs> none of this, none of this is, none of this would ever make sense in the real world. Um, so instead of instead of investigating Epstein, we're talking oh, it drives about me nuts. Uh, eight kids dying from from presidential vapes. impeachment. Um, presidential impeachment. Presidential impeachment. Rather than attack on um, something somewhere that lasted like thirty minutes on the news, yeah, so whatever's going to stick yeah, so let's, and get us off Epstein. Let's let's talk about some of this, the stuff that's come out. Um, it's come out uh, that the that Saudi Arabia has real ties. The the intelligence services of Saudi Arabia have real ties to the September 11th attacks. Yeah, that's that has come out. That has been documented. And to the surprise the of no one. No fucking body. Nobody shocked. Yeah. But what is shocking is the possibility that we might go to war with Iran over Saudi oil interests. Yes. Also kind of to the surprise of no one, really. To the surprise of no one. To the surprise of to the surprise of no one, uh, there is a push to build smart bombs yeah. in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we, yeah. you know, makes sense. To the surprise of no one, um, Jared Kushner is trying to sell them nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. To the surprise of no one. Yeah. 
Um, but it, all of it drives me nuts because it lets you know that that all of it is being controlled by forces that don't clearly don't have anyone but their own interest in mind, and that interest is is clearly defined as as power. And whether you define that as as money or or juice or success or something or, that know, peons many, like us could never even understand. That I was able to sacrifice. 63 children last year. Do you know how hard it is to acquire 63 children and then sacrifice them? It's a pain in the ass. You're doing it oh more than once a week. I every Sunday and then on the occasional full moon, I have to sacrifice. How a else child. am I going to be That's a level 19 dark, 19 dark knight? <sighs> the things that are important. Yeah. Man. What a time oh, to man, be alive! What a terrifying time to be alive, but um, um, but on the flip side of that, we live in a time where it's absolutely acceptable to believe in a flat Earth. <laughs> it makes because it makes more sense to me than uh, half the shit that that uh, I have done no research into. Oh well, otherwise. yeah, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. And I think I've mentioned this before: is is to argue for flat Earth. Even though I do not believe in flat Earth, I just like the I like the troll aspect of it, and I have a hard time believing anybody really believes in flat Earth, um, and I think that's half the fun. Um, see, that's how I know you secretly <laughs> believe in flat Earth because um, it's the only way you can. Uh, eat. So, are you familiar with Eddie yeah. Bravo? Yeah. So Eddie Bravo says once you start down flat Earth, you never go back. Right? Yeah. It's like. Uh, it, it's like he said, once you believe, like once you you like nobody goes back to believing in Santa Claus. Yeah. Like once Santa Claus is out. Uh, there's no going back to it. No one ever says, "Now I'm back to Santa Claus." I believe in I believe in the fat guy. I was wrong with the beard going. So, you know, I've seen yeah. now seen I know the air of my ways. Yeah, back to back to back to old jolly old Saint Nick. Um, so with that being said, um, yeah, that's and where we're you know at. what I think uh, what I think you bring up a really interesting point, and that's that uh, there is they're asking us to believe such horseshit, um, and we just keep. We just keep going, okay, okay, well, we're going to take your word for it. Prove it to us. And when they can't prove it to us, they create a narrative through Fox News or MSNBC. Because I like watching this whole, uh, I've been watching the whole impeachment thing on MSNBC and on Fox News to find out, like, how dirty and terrible of a scumbag and the worst atrocious thing the entire United States has ever happened here from President Trump. And then going over to Fox News and going, oh, my gosh, look at how crazy our world has gotten where the Democrats are pulling out all these unbelievable, just unethical stops to try to get rid of this president. And uh, my favorite argument, though, I see people make is like, it's like, well, you know, I'm not a big Trump supporter, but, you know, look at the alternative and, you know, and uh, I'm just like, I voted for fucking Gary Johnson. Same here. Yeah. Like, there was an alternative. Like, you you literally chose what you considered the lesser of two evils. The lesser of two evils. The lesser of two evils yeah. is still, still evil. a vote for yeah, evil. Let's just, still a vote for you know. evil. Yeah. And if you know that going into it, then that is something that you go into fully aware. Now, I will say that if Bill and Hillary Clinton, well, either of them, get arrested. Fuck, if Chelsea gets arrested... I might vote for Trump on principle. Like, holy shit, he, he did it. He fucking did it. Chelsea is doing the perp walk. Oh, by the way, crazy thing about Chelsea Clinton, you know who was at her wedding? Who? Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fucking Jeffrey Epstein's co-defendant, who, by the way, is mysteriously disappeared. And when she does pop up, it's in a it's in an In-N-Out Burger reading a book about uh, dead CIA spies. It's crazy. That's not Photoshop. That's not. I mean, where the fuck is that chick? Probably in France with uh, this Brunel guy. Man, there's so many weird ties to, to Epstein that never got covered. Like, it's mega- disgusting how quickly that was. The whole wag the dog operation on that. But I like that people are refusing to let it die. So, so um, because it shows up on your your Facebook reminder after a month of hey, this is what you were posting about last month. Oh, it was Epstein. I was irate. Julie, Julie, I believe her name is Julie Brown. She's the author um, from the Miami Herald that kind of kickstarted this most recent Jeffrey Epstein um, thing. Um, Actually, has a podcast called uh, Broken about the the justice system in the United States. And so people are people are talking like there's still really good work being done, but there's a lot of other sides to this that aren't being addressed, like uh, this being used essentially as a blackmail scandal, right? As a blackmail operation, you're talking about blackmailing, um, you know, like the the fucking prince very of powerful people or very you know people of wealth or power or influence. But then you look at their other connections, right? So let's start talking about some of those MIT connections. Um, Jeffrey Epstein had ties to MIT because he gave them a whole lot of money because he wanted to live forever. Now, hypothetically, do we even know Epstein's dead? Yeah, he's 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 a billionaire philanthropist pedophile uh, who blackmails the ultra wealthy into doing things uh, for the support of who knows whose benefit. But we do know that the mega group, uh, which is a sort of conglomerate of very, uh, very rich uh, supporters of the Jewish state to include the founder of Jeffrey Epstein, or the founder of, uh, of um, Victoria's Secret, who, by the way, was pretty much underwriting all of Jeffrey Epstein's shit. He gave Jeffrey Epstein a mansion in New York City. Yeah. Fucking gave it to him. A mansion. I don't, I don't like anyone, and I don't like my dog enough to give him a doghouse. You give somebody a mansion in New York City, you're giving it to, giving it to him for a reason. And what is this place that he, this, this pedophile island, if not a place to blackmail people? They've got those little huts uh, around the pool. I don't know if you've seen any of the video. There's like a fucking Byzantine temple. Allegedly, they did sacrifices in there. Why the fuck does this dude have a Byzantine temple on, on his island? Well, some people believe it's because they were sacrificing. Um, I'm not saying it's true, but there are some people that believe that, that there were sacrifices that were being done in Jeffrey Epstein's island, uh, and, um, and it was used as a blackmail operation uh, for Mossad. Crazier yeah. shit's happened. I, you know, <laughs> we've hit that point now to where it's like, you can't even, like, when you reach that point where the insanity sounds more logical than the main story, like... I mean, you got to pull Occam's razor on this. Lizard people legitimately make more sense to me than a virgin birth. Yeah. A real, real shit. It's, 
there's so much that you've got to sell me in order to get to the virgin birth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's less that you have to sell me uh, to get me to believe that there is uh, an elite group of interdimensional space lizards that are secretly running everything. That seems way more believable to me yeah. most of the time. Um, but I wouldn't, that would not have become a, a, a thing that I believed if not for, uh, for high uh, content uh, THC uh, <laughs> cannabis uh, experiences. So uh, I don't know. There, maybe there's an argument to that as well about uh, not doing heavy doses. Some, apparently, um, recent studies have come out and say that uh, uh, heavy doses of cannabis can lead to schizophrenia. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to do some research on that because uh, I don't want to spread fake news, especially here. I, 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 I do want to be the first things. person, though, to announce that you know Epstein's been found alive and well and a little island on the moon. On the moon. Fuck yeah! Now what? What if? What if he's uh, he's at that secret? Well, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking. Well, okay, Epstein disappears. All of a sudden, what was it? Was it Israel couldn't launch their thing to the moon? I mean, they launch it, but it mysteriously crashes. Shit! There's a lot going on there. It was Epstein's Uh, trip, and Epstein was a technology guy. So what if the MIT stuff behind him? MIT stuff behind him. Yeah. So I mean, have you seen some of those uh, robots that have come from MIT lately? They're yeah. going to fuck us up. They are going to destroy us. When those things start becoming security guards, we are that's, fucked. You know, actually, that's what I was going to, um, one of the things I was going to bring up, but we'll wait till next time. But the discussion of uh, facial recognition, AI, and these super crazy parkour robots. Let's do that. I'm pretty excited about that. We've got an interesting week. I wanted I want to get with you after the elections to kind of do a kind recap. of talk about whatever happens. Yeah, yeah. what's what's, what's the this. future of the assembly? Oh, the- I, oh, I you know what I I just assume shit. Oh, it's going to be interesting because I mean they, um, they if the election goes a certain way, it could basically just like castrate Pierce's ability to do anything because there'll be a super majority against him. Also, the, my, what I love is the idea of going towards a manager mayor position or manager assembly position, and who is probably the best candidate for that manager position? Probably Charlie Pierce. Charlie Pierce. Probably Charlie Pierce. He'll never yes. get the job. So, <laughs> so, so then who gets, who gets that, that job? job? Who gets that job? In, in a dream world, Jake Thompson, Thompson is the king, of the king of the universe, and you can decide anybody in the universe alive right now is our city manager, is uh, the city borough, manager, or, manager. or the borough manager. Gary Johnson. But. <laughs> that would be great. He's going to fake a heart attack every time someone yeah, says exactly. some ridiculous shit. Be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bite me. Um, no, you know, I honestly, I, I don't know. I really actually, I think, I think Charlie would be a great... I think he might actually be my uh, who I'd, who I'd put in there. Um, I really did. Uh, I really like Navarre on an administrative level. I think either him or Navarre would be fine. The only issue I had with Navarre is uh, Navarre is very much like let's just write a check for it. Let's just grab another bond. Let's expand that hospital from you know from the city of Sadatna all the way down to Homer and back up. You know. So. So then, who is your answer for your dream hire of the I think it's, man? I think it's going to have to be me. I'm going to choose myself. So what is the first, first thing, thing I do? Um, probably rearrange my desk. Okay. Like first thing, going to come in, and go. So this is my desk. I just I assumed it would be bigger. Um, this is the office, huh? I'm you know I'm not I'm not liking this. We're gonna we're gonna have, so we're gonna move offices. Where would you move your office? I want something like uh, you know I want to grab like if they have like a janitor closet. 
but I don't want to take the sign, the janitor storage thing down. I want to, I want to leave that up, and that's going to be like my secret little officer. No. Um, oh, you know who had a secret uh, secret spot under the stairs with all kinds of interesting recording equipment? Nixon, wasn't it? Nixon, wasn't it? Jeffrey Epstein. Oh. Ah. But, yeah. As, no, I think, um, you know, honestly, I don't know the first thing I do, actually. And there's so much to cover. Probably try to give those fine folks, uh, you know, with the, uh, that got nicked by the anadromous stream ordinance, try to give them their land back it's or some kind of com- uh, compensation. Oh, well, um, years back, and oddly enough, this happened during the Dave Carey regime. And, uh, oh, by the way, we're who, by the way, running against Pamela Parker for the Soldat in the City Council, um, I clearly service-minded. Oh yeah, he's, so so there are there are options and yeah, he doesn't you know, Yeah, he's not doing this for the money. Yeah, okay. yeah. But, okay, so um, Dave Carey, because of Jim. Yeah. So back in uh, back in Carey's regime, there was uh, in order to protect salmon habitat, they created this like fifty-foot barrier between any sort of anadromous streams, which are streams that I believe, I believe the definition is streams that could be um, habitat for salmon in some manner or not, or the, the little, the little fish eggy, like little minnows swim through. I can't remember exactly what the thing was. I do like that everyone kept referring it to the Andromenus stream. Maybe the Andromenus I heard that one a few times, but... So it's David Bowie. It's, it's David Bowie Creek. But um, I, my issue is that was it got like so people who own that property can't build on it um, without proper permitting. Um, there just a series of things, and I think they're even right now talking about moving it back. And it also it it affected a whole lot of dreams and water bodies that actually have nothing to do with fish. And my issue was, I, I thought the the proper approach would be you either give those people a tax break for not allowing them to have that portion of their land or not use it. Or we have a you break it, you buy it policy. So you can build whatever you want there. However, the, you know, the waters and the salmon belong to everybody. So you, you mess that up, you're going to have to pay to fix it. Okay. You know, which I thought was, to me, that seemed like the, the more like kind of the ethical way to do it. There was no force involved in there. I'm not telling you, you can't use a portion of your land. I'm not, not, taxing you or not taxing you based on this portion of land i'm just saying it's like hey just so you know like you do it through education go just so you know here's some things that could really like badly affect future generations of alaskans if you mess this up you're going to be responsible to fix it so that you do have a monetary penalty but only if you mess it up so in uh, many places in europe let's say you you hit a deer yeah. Right, you hit a female deer, you get uh, billed for that because the deer could have X amount of uh, children in his lifetime. Da 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 da. And we're very soon gonna reach that kind of level of bureaucracy where, like, we figured out how to tax you and charge you for every possible fucking mistake in your life. I, I would hope so, and I hope there's five or six people in in that process that I have to navigate through every time I. <laughs> no. <laughs> And, and God bless America, the land of... I mean, France, uh, France might have given us democracy, but we're giving the world back bureaucracy. And, and you know, and they're mastering it with the EU. They really are. Like, let's... The folks in Belgium are now responsible for fishing off of the coast in the UK. Like, fuck yeah. Who would have thought Andrew Jackson may have been our best president? Uh, I don't know. But you just have that great expansion you know, of the early 19th century. 
or the shit. You know who wouldn't be? Woodrow Wilson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just that's that's a whole nother conversation for yeah. you give me Roosevelt and Wilson, we can have a conversation. But Oh, oh let's we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that real soon. All right. Uh, thanks for if you've stuck around this long, you yeah. deserve a round of applause for yourself. I don't know if you got anything from this. Other do something than, nice I'm, for yourself. Yeah. Do absolutely. Go get a bagel. Yeah. Go get a go get a bagel. And when you go there, tell them the folks from Woken Bake sent you to go get bagels. Because we might not be able, I might not be allowed to go back. In there <laughs> You're gonna have to send in like a surrogate to, oh, yeah, to get like, Oh yeah, it's like there. You know, there was somebody who was like paying somebody to stand in line for a fucking donut this oh, week. Yeah. I'll pay you fifty dollars if you stand in line for a for a moose's loose pay or donut. I um, you know, the uh, the facility I work at uh, sells or used to sell moose's loose donuts, yeah. and it was like it's sort of, it's a it's a service in a sense where you instead of don't waste time in that line just come in well, you know anyway so the last couple of days unable to get the moose's loose donuts because they weren't doing the commercial thing i was sad about that because i wanted on the very last day of moose's loose donuts um i wanted to charge a hundred bucks a donut just price gouge the crap out of some donuts and i don't care if i didn't sell any because i just take them home at the end of the night give them to some orphan child be like here's 20 grand in donuts <laughs> it's only a box so when I was in uh, on my last deployment, I was in Kuwait, uh, and this is when they decided that they weren't going to make Twinkies anymore. There was a dude over there that had some Twinkies. He was the Twinkie plug. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a market for everything. Yeah. If people think they're not going to get something again, and it's a fucking donut, right? Like you can go to, and whether or not it's better than something you're going to get at the local grocery store, I'm not going to have that argument because it just won't. It's not today. Uh, not while we're still in mourning. Not, not, not while we're still in mourning. Um, but it's just saying you're you're acting like this. Don't, like I've heard people say that this donut shop is historic. It was a place to buy moose onesies. Yeah. And donuts. I don't. I actually. I will be surprised if next summer there's even any tourists. It's. It's. I think it's a dying. I mean, industry. I think the. Like, I think the hit to. To the Sadatna, then maybe this is why the annexation's going through. They're not going to get all that donut money. Sure. No, the d- taxation off the donuts. They're knowing. They they know ahead of time if uh, the donuts uh, aren't rolling, then they're going to have to get to someone who is. And you know who is rolling? Uh, the folks that sell joints at uh, I Bush Butts. Clearly, um, it's an interesting time, man. Like, what do, what do you think our tourist season looks like next year? Oh, you know, I. Uh... The fires. I mean, the, I this think, year was a much better year for fish. Yeah, yeah it was a good year for fish. Um, you know, I, I imagine next year will probably be even better. I don't know. I mean, I'm curious the, if there's going to be any sort of issue with the various fire retardants they they drop and all that, uh, that and on the salmon run. But I think we'll actually have a better tourist season next year because of how many people were going to come down and like, ooh, fire. You know, because I mean, you, uh, you know, my mom's in like Louisiana or something. I don't, sorry, mom, don't know where you are. Um, Kentucky, I think it's Kentucky. Um, they're all the same place, right? But she's, you know, she's like sending me messages like, are you guys okay? I'm like, what are you, what? Well, the fire. And I was like, oh, we, yeah, I mean, it's rough. It's a little, little hard breathing sometimes. But um, I did get to drive through the, the flame tunnel at one point. But it's like, no, it's it's not. It's bad, but it's not nearly as bad as, you know, 
the uh, the national media is blowing it up to be down in the lower 48. So I think that a lot of people thought twice about, you know, spending several thousand dollars on their Alaska vacation, booking a fishing trip they might not be able to get on, and renting a motorhome that might not even get to drive down to the peninsula. I mean, they get to drive to sit in the traffic. I met some very nice people while I was waiting for a pilot car. Yeah, met some sweeties. Met some sweeties. All right, man. Uh, I got to go do dad shit. You got to go do dad shit or whatever shit it is that you've got. Maybe you got to take shit. I don't know. Maybe you know, I was. I when you, well, I was thinking about it. I was like, I, you know, that's a good question. I could, you know, I could maybe potentially use a poop at some point today. Well, yes. Man, thank you so much for stopping by, and, and thanks for. I really want to get to this, uh, get a review of the Brad Pitt in space movie, but we'll get to that another time. <laughs> this, is a guy, right. this show got derailed ever so slightly, but that just means the next one, fully prepared, whole time, whole time. All right, man. Thank you so much. As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning, A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, license 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, license 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, license 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.